ออนไลน์พอดแคสต์ฮัลโหลเลดี้สแอนด์เจนเทิลฮอร์สเวลคัมแบ็กทูออนไลน์พอดแคสต์โอ้ไมค์ก็ชั่มโกนครีซี่อันนี้ไม่ใช่ดร
of all these other and so I was starting to this is so horrible I'm already kind of spoiled those of you who do not know I do hire people this is you know it started when um Bruce and I both work two jobs I currently uh, as of four months ago I only work one job but currently as, as of now I still only have one job but I'm so used to having people clean the house that I know it sounds so spoiled. I know I sound so spoiled. I know, but those are the things that I can cut if I have to. Like my iPhone. I don't want to, but I can. It's going to be hard. Gosh, especially my iPhone. Uh, so, speaking of, you know, speaking of, the reason why I said speaking of was I was listening to Nick Thomas's podcast just before I started recording. And he was talking about cutting costs and so forth. He didn't know where to cut costs. He probably referred to, um, he said the lady. So it's probably my super lesbian hero, um, Lady Gaga. No, Uh, (laughs) what's her face? (laughs) Susie Orman. So let's get back to the point. So I was, uh, so those are the things that I can't cut. But however, I do have, oh my gosh, speaking of tangent. So far, sometimes I can't come back. Oh, help me. And so, um, uh, what was I talking about <laughs> so far? <laughs> oh, tangents, tangents. So anyway, coming back to reality. Okay, speaking of cutting costs. Oh, cleaning. So I was thinking about having people uh, do, you know, besides cleaning. So that's another thing that I hire people to do for me, uh, cleaning the house. I know it's very, very um what is it called? It's very uh, uh, first world of me, I guess, to be having uh, that sort of luxury. Actually, that is so not true. Let me take it back. Rewind. Rewind. In fact, I have the sound effect too. I want to rewind and uh, and 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 remake this statement. Okay, I gotta. In Malaysia, a lot of people. That's not, you know, it's. Yeah, when I when I grew up, I had people. You know, there were people cleaning the house. I mean, they were not that expensive, and many of my friends these days have mates that they hire from the Philippines or um, uh, Indonesia or uh, or locally, and so uh, so it's not so bad. And they actually have lift in help, so at least I do not have lift in help. But anyway. Well, I always want to say is that because that the fact that I have somebody to help us clean the house and I'm very spoiled that way, I understand. However, I was thinking, going through the list, I thought, you know what? I could really um, use a personal assistant, you know, you know, rich, famous people would have personal assistants that, like, help them do stuff that they don't have time to do. For instance, like, filling out those forms that I, I was supposed to be doing. But going through the list, I thought, how, which one? I can't, you know, that's stupid. Like, it's ridiculous to be thinking about hiring a personal assistant to help me do stuff that's on my to-do list. And so, and then suddenly it dawned on me. The idea came to me. And I thought, oh my gosh, actually one of the things that I'm staring right at on the list, I can actually hire help. 
<laughs> and not just because of my laziness, whereas a lot of that is that, but it's also because of how I don't know overwhelming this whole idea of filling out forms and doing all the tasks. That I've been procrastinating, or in fact, it aids it sort of feed on that procrastination, and in fact, it might be the cause of the whole procrastination habit of of me not doing this one thing, which I will tell you. And it is uh to file for my citizenship application. So I will go into details that it took about almost nine minutes for me to get here, but I'm going to tell you. Um, the whole process, which is very interesting. You know, I have a listener, uh, Greg, which I still need to meet in person again. I met him once, and uh, I was in a performance, and and it was a little, you know, awkward to be to to be talking to him in a first time meeting. I, I'd rather have like a one on one because I would have family members, friends with me, and so forth. So I like to meet with you again, Greg, whenever you're listening to this. Um, so. You know, everybody's congratulating me about my decision, wishing me well about my application process. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna from now on give you the progress of. I've got this little piece of hair on my microphone. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna start giving you updates on this whole application process, which I think is going to be, I don't know, fun, somewhat, kind of cool. So. That's what I'll do, and um, I'm also updating software on my computer, which is not very helpful for an ADD person. And so this is what I'll do. I'll I'll let you know where I am, what brought me into this decision making, and also whatever happens in the future, I will also update you and let you know. And hopefully, going through documentation of the entire process. You know, it has always been a dream of mine to capture this on my podcast because you know how dear my podcast is to me. Uh, besides, really enjoying having you guys as my listeners, and some of you even write in to talk to me, uh, share your most intimate moments, struggles with me off uh, the show. Besides that, besides having you, the podcast also do a great. The podcast also do a great deal for me personally. One of them, it serves as my therapy. Every time I need to think through things, I think it out loud here on the microphone. I decide on things on on the, the show, sharing all these things with you uh, directly on the podcast, and that sort sort of serve as my therapy. And besides that, I'm also documenting this. For no apparent reason, it's not like you know I'm going to be um, fame famous and there's going to be a book about me or something. I don't know. I'm just I just like to document it. Frankly, I haven't really gone back to listen to any of the shows because um, I haven't felt like you know I had to. Well, I haven't been that interested in finding out about you know six years ago. Not so, not so much. But wouldn't it be cool though? Like in the twenty ten, twenty years, especially if it's still online. If especially if I'm I'm kind of getting senile and don't remember what things were or didn't remember what my opinions were or my stance you know, on different things. I can go back and listen to it. It will be kinda of interesting down the road in the future. But I think it'll be very interesting for me to document my process of getting my citizenship. Now, let me first of all 
get into a bit of a background of when I came here and um, on how I ended up being a permanent resident and so forth. So, kind of give you a little background history. Now, if you listen to online, if you have been to onlinepodcast.com, which you can, you can go to onlinepodcast.com and then leave me a comment on the show, or you can actually tweet me at John Ong. You can also send me a message to um, online at gmail.com. You can actually send me a voicemail or text message to 920-iPhone-1. I love my iPhone. 920-iPhone-1. You can send a message there as well. So, but on, besides the point, on the website or on the podcast that you see listed on on iTunes, you will see this is the definition of uh, online podcast. It says, online podcast documents the live of a gay Malaysian-born Chinese living in the United States. Immerse yourself in the life of a not-so-typical individual. Expand your horizon by experiencing the topics, issues, stories, and simply the life of a gay Asian man. Until now, the voice of a minority individual has not been this loud! <laughs> anyway, so that's, that's the description of my show, right? And I've been using the same description forever. And ever since I started doing that, because of the way I, I wrote it, right? You know, gay Malaysian born Chinese, mouthful, not so much, not yet, living in the United States because I am a United States resident. And I had, when I wrote that line, I have already started thinking about, oh my gosh, what if I become a, an American one day? How would that go? So it would be documents the life of a gay Malaysian-born Chinese American. Wouldn't that be a lot easier than saying living in the United States? So a Malaysian-born Chinese American. Wow, that rolled off my tongue. <laughs> I am so giddy today, even though no one's listening. I posted this feed. I don't know if it's working, but whatever. I posted this uh, live feed thing to everybody on the uh, Twitter, Twitter world and the uh, Facebook. and uh, But nobody's listening in, so whatever. So, um, so that's that. So, so I, you know, I, I want to be able to... And since then, I've actually have been planning on on uh, documenting the the process and the progress of my citizenship application. So now let's rewind back. I won't play the sound effect, but let's rewind back and just kind of give you an idea and talk about how uh, I. You know what I hate? I hate people who tag me on pictures that I'm not in. I hate that. Okay, let me ban this person first. Oy vey. Um, um, why am I doing this um, while I'm recording? Uh, okay, spam. And I'm going to say continue. Is that okay? This person, I got to... I thought I unfriend this person. Oh, they can still... F I unfriended her and she can still tag me? Ooh. Maybe I should block this person. I should block it. 
And I'm gonna block this person. Okay, once I block, block this Sally Zhang person. And um just pretending to be someone else. I'm so sorry that I'm doing this. That's a, <laughs> oh gosh, man. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this. So um let's go back to my story. So when I came here to America. It was purely for school, and I I never really have when I was in 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 Malaysia I never really thought about living in America until my brother came here. Now even then, I was you know it didn't really dawn on me yet that there is a possibility that I'm going to come here because my parents were not wealthy. They. They were teachers retire, and they only have a certain amount of money saved for my、uh, my older brother's education, and hoping that my older brother would then help support my education. So that's kind of like how you know a, a not so well-to-do、um, Asian family would typically work, and they count on my brother to be able to support me, which my brother did, and very thankfully got me my、uh, college education, and I. Be since you know the idea started seeping into my head that they were you know hinting me that you know there's a chance that my brother would be able to support me. That's when I started to think about living in America. So, and even living in America was kind of interesting because I remember at the very beginning my mom was very concerned that I won't once I go to America I probably won't come back ever again. That's a lot of people. Not a lot of people. That's their typical experience, you know. And、uh, send your kids overseas, and they're not coming back. Take care of you. That sort of mentality. But right at my graduation in 1998, the economy was really bad, especially in Asia, and there were no jobs, and the economy was awful. And my my mom at that time said, you know, if you can't find a job, don't come back because things are looking really horrible back back home. So in 1998, I so I I was actually I had the intention before my mom actually said that, because I felt like I owe it to my parents to go home and take care of them if they get, spend all their money giving the money to my brother, he gets an education and asking my brother to support me to support me when he's a、um, he's able to, so. I felt like it. It was something that I, I, even though, after staying for a while, I can kind of see myself living here, and、uh, but I didn't want to think about that possibility or that idea and get disappointed because I can't get to stay. So, the whole time I was actually having the first year of college, I was having the idea that I will actually go back when I'm, I'm done, regardless of how I felt,、uh, whether or not I like to stay here. And then I think it's like one year into the school in two thousand seven. I started in two thousand six. In two thousand seven, the economy started to tank in Asia, you know, horrible、um, uh, job market, and so I, my mom just started telling me, you know, if you can stay, stay. You know, I just don't know what you can do, and we'll be able to find a job here. And so, and <clears throat> again, very miraculously, also very lucky that I found a job. Um, even right before I graduated, so I have a job, worked there for ten years, and 
during that period of time, and now that my my mom has said that mentioned that I I could you know just do what you're happy with don't don't come back because of us and uh, that's you know that's very nice a very nice thing also uh, from my parents because when I was leaving she was pretty much telling me that you know you got to come back got to come back and then I think probably over time she kind of realized or maybe through other friends children so forth. She kind of realized that she's, you know, I would probably do it, but not doing it because I wanted to, but doing it because she wanted to or them wanting wanted to. So she made it very clear to me that she wanted me to be happy no matter where we are or I am. She just wanted me to be happy. So, so that opened up this idea that oh my gosh, now I I might actually be able to stay here. So I then started to envision myself. Working here, having a life here, and then the coming out process. And they came. I start. I think I came out in in uh, two thousand seven. No, not two thousand seven. What am I talking about, girl? Nineteen ninety seven. Nineteen ninety seven. Did I say two thousand seven earlier? Whatever. It was wrong. It's it's uh, it's it's nineteen ninety seven, not two thousand seven. Jesus. Oh gosh, and. And so I, I started to picture myself, especially after coming out, being able to live here more openly, honestly. I was like, shit! If I have to go back into the closet, if I have to go back to Malaysia, that's gonna be awful because I just now am starting to to learn to live my life honestly. It's going to be tough to be able to uh, to be. You know, having to go back into the closet again when I go back to Malaysia, so it was it was tough. And then, um, of course, luckily I got a job, and my employer at that time already started uh, thinking about getting my because he has to. I I can work for him for one year under my uh, what's it called uh, practical training visa. So after graduation, I get to work for one year legally. Within that one year, I would have to start on my H one B visa, which is an employment、uh, support, like employer、uh, sponsored visa for a foreign worker, and it's called H one B, and H one B will last for three years, I think. Yeah, three years, and you get to renew your H one B for another term for another three years, and that's it. And then you have to leave the country. In order to be able to get H one B again, but my first employer was very generous, very nice to go through all that process quickly for me.、Um, hired an, an attorney. I did not pay a single cent. Hired an attorney, get me my H one B visa worked on, and immediately he went straight into applying a green card for me. So, which is very lucky of me and very generous of my my boss to be doing that, because what happens is that then I don't even need to get into the second H one B visa immediately. I will be, you know, become a an,、uh, a resident, a permanent resident. So I applied for my green card. I believe I graduated in ninety eight, and I started like kind of mid ninety eight, and I believe I started my application process in nineteen ninety nine for my green card because it took a while to get the H one B. So it's like ninety nine, maybe two thousand. I think maybe it might be two thousand also. 
2009 plus, like sending my, oh my gosh, it was like 10,000 pieces of forms. Oh my gosh. And, and, and visa was a pain in the ass also, like having to get my visa renewed every time I travel outside of the country. So if you have your H1B visa on your, on approved in America, and if you want to leave the country, you have to have, you have to go to, you have to go outside of the country to get your visa officially done and paste it into your passport. And because in America, there's no American embassy, even though you're in America, but the embassy only exists outside of the country. You have to go outside of the country, which I went to Canada and then get my application and so forth and then put it on my uh, passport and hopefully I, I get to come back. And so that was very tedious and very horrible, very, um, I should say, uh, very demeaning. The whole process was very demeaning. So when, once I got my green card approved in 2011, no, 2012, 2012, uh, I, I was very excited. I was, uh, it's kind of like, you know, all this hassle with Visa and all that, it's all gone. It's all done. Like, you know, I don't have to worry about that anymore. And then I have a green card. So it already makes things a lot easier. But then th there is always this little something. And I wasn't sure, you know, a lot of people was like, you know, why would you want to become an American? Because you pretty much get about the same rights as a resident, except for being able to vote and a few other things here and there. And I, so I, I was sort of, you know, let it go and we'll see how it goes. And by that time, I was already uh, in a pretty stable relationship with, with Bruce already. And he's always wanted, to, wanted me to be an American. And let me kind of explain. Yesterday, I, I said something to him, and, and I think it's worth sharing or at least worth documenting for myself. It's that when Bruce started dating me, I was still on my working permit because I started working in ID8, and that's when we started dating. For one year, we were dating, um, actually kind of long distance, about four hours away, each way. And I, and I kind of, you know, I was lucky because I could totally see a lot of people won't be able to in, invest or uh, dare to invest in a relationship where, who knows? If let's say my my employer did not apply an H-1B visa for me, which extends that one-year period of time to four, an additional three years, which is still good, but at the same time, you know, even now, we don't have any protection for same-sex partners. So I could totally be kicked off the country if I lose my job or whatever, and then the relationship is gone. And I actually have seen that happen to some of my friends. Which is why I was, uh, you know, involved earlier on um, in my podcast. If you remember, I was talking to uh, immigration equality people because of that, that fact. Because I have been uh, experienced the tension and the uncertainty of being in a same-sex relationship with an American and a non-American, and so I the, all those worries and 
And if you can imagine, especially for Bruce, when I go home, he loses his partner. It's like, the, and there's nothing he can do except for you know he pack up and he leaves his country. So it was it was sort of challenging. And as I as as I was thinking back last night, I said when I was explaining to him what the process is about getting my citizenship, he was so excited. You know, I know he's been waiting for this day for well, not actually this day, but the day of me getting my citizenship, which is hopefully down the road this year. And he's been waiting for that for a long time, almost really as long as our relationship. Because for 14 years we've been together, he, and a, a big, a major part of that period of time, I was going through my green card process and to, to insert another story of how scary this is. Even though, I got my green card. We were all excited that, oh my gosh, I finally get to go through the green card and the citizen um, immigration line. It'll be faster and all that. Here I am with Bruce. Bruce is a citizen. He went through that line. I went through my green card line and this lazy motherfucker. <laughs> and he's an Indian immigrant. American, I'm sure American citizen now because he's working. But he's an Indian. He's a dot. <laughs> and he said, uh, why, do you have, why don't you have a green card yet? I said, oh, they spelled my name wrong, so I have to reapply. And therefore, it's like, I see there's a, you know, why why do you have like two, um, two uh, uh, um, what is it, renewal or, or extended of my green card status on my, on my passport? It's like, why don't you have a card? I said, you know, they spelled my name wrong. I have to reapply for it. That's the reason why. And, and he sent me to this line down with the students. I didn't know what to do. It was the first time for me to go through immigration, being a green card holder, being a PR. And he sent me down that line. I waited for hours in that line, along with all the students having their I-20, which I have done by, you know, back in 1995. And here I am, 2000-something, 2003 or something, and I have to go through the... The, the line with all these students and then to come up to the officer and he said, why are you in this line? You are, you are a PR. You should go, go back to that line. I said, I don't know. That guy sent me down here. So he said, no, you know, you're not supposed to go back to the, the line. So three hours later at the airport, Bruce has gone through already three hours later. He did not know. And he, he was there waiting for the luggage. Phone is not working. And I cannot have any communication with Bruce for three hours. He was outside with the luggage, not knowing where I am, what my fate was. And that really scared the shit out of him. I would be too. He, who, who knows, you know, I, I would be crying at that time if, if I were him because who knows if I have been deported. What is the... That, that that feeling and and that's what oh that's kind of make me choke up when I'm thinking about this how patient he has been a, a partner to go through this with me without ever complaining or show frustration to me that what he has to go through or what he has to go through and can you imagine that feeling? 
at the airport, not knowing where your partner is, all your luggage is there, but he's not you. I'm not there for three hours, and finally, I have to get back into that 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 next line and re you know because a long line at fucking L A L A X, and so finally got in line again. Waited several, you know, like I don't know, seems like forty some minutes or an hour, and then got onto the immigration officer. This time a Caucasian, and he looked at me, and um, he just punched in the number that's handwritten, punched in the number instead of scanning my my green card, he he just punched it in, and then he said, "Welcome home." I was like, "Oh my god." And then I went through and saw Bruce was there, pale, waiting for me to come through. And finally, and so I think that really scarred him. That really, even though I have my green card, that really scarred him. I think it really makes him scared. And every time I talk about getting my citizenship, he would say, "You know, it'd be so nice. It'd be so nice. I don't want to lose you." You know that that. Feeling that which is so wrong, right? In the first place, I think the U.S. government, as I'm getting to become being an American, I probably shouldn't say stuff that's too political yet. <laughs> too late, um, but you know that's the thing because I'm participating in discussing issue and topics. I am actually practicing the rights of an American already, and so I want to make it complete. I want to become an American because of that, and and living with Bruce and knowing that I, I it, Bruce really helped me becoming more more political and also more involved in my civic duty, and I really have been for the last I would say at least eight to ten years, I pretty much have been living my life as an American. In many aspects, except for the voting part. And so, this is what brought me to today. And I look at my to-do list and see that I can actually pay an attorney to help me file this. I, I can do it myself. However, anything immigration—if you mess up, you screw up one thing, redoing of anything is going to take a lot longer than doing it right the first time. So, and I thought, you know what? I'm gonna call. I actually call a friend of mine whose whose wife is an attorney. I called him and 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 she she got back with me and said that she she's not she's like a uh, what's a defense uh, lawyer. So she said, but she has some friends that can help me. And then I thought, you know what? I might just look in my phone book and see if I still have a digital phone book. My ad. <coughs> oh my god, Vietnamese food address book and. See if anybody, if I still have my my attorneys. Oh my god, somebody's listening! <laughs> I just realized I don't know, I don't know for how long, and whether or not that person has been interacting with me on Twitter or not. Oh, maybe yes, on Twitter. It's uh, oh, have, I'm getting ready to check it. Oh, mm, is it is it who is it? is it is it Uncle Bota? I don't know who's listening, but if you're listening, let me know. Is it Uncle Bota? Maybe, uh, listening in from. Uh, oh, that got off now. Anyway, so I ah uh, da 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 da. So I I w- look in, back into my phone book, and then I saw I still have uh my attorney's number there. So I called, give her a call, and ask about the fee 
I just want to have a rough ballpark idea of how much it's going to cost me. You know, if it's not going to cost me a thousand dollars, then maybe I'll probably have to rethink it and do it myself. And uh, the application process is like six hundred and eighty dollars or something like that. So that is for the government and or to the USCIS, uh, which is United States. Uh, what is it? C is um, citizenship and uh, CIS. IS is immigration services. And so the uh, so that was the that was the process. And I, oh, I mean, anyway, that's the processing fee, $680 or something like that. And then $300 to $800, depending on the attorney fee. But uh, she said if you have no criminal records and you are a, you, there's like a simple case, you know, nothing complex, you know, it would probably fall toward the cheaper end of things. So I'm hoping you'll be closer to $300. However, regardless, it is time for me, for my partner, my patient, patient partner never said a thing about, he encourages me to get, always reminds me because I have, exp- since I have expressed to him that I wanted to be an American, before then, he's never said anything about wanting to make a decision to to be a citizen or not because he respects that. And I was frankly hoping to get my citizenship as soon as, it was I was able or, or qualified to do so, which is after five years of being a, a citizen. And I miscounted one year, like six years later. I thought, oh my gosh, she, I, I've been waiting uh, to to get my citizenship. And actually, it's been past five years, like six years since I re- uh, at that time I realized, oh my gosh, I have one extra year to spare. And so I... Since then, I've been wanting to becoming an American, and I've been trying to look into what the process is, and then found out that it's like six hundred dollars, and I was it was too cheap to to do it. So, oh, plus, it was under the um, uh, the Bush administration, and Jesus Christ, that fucking scared the hell out of me. I have not been. I was actually thinking about, gee, you know, I moved from Malaysia to come to America hoping for a better life, hoping for a a more open-minded and more f- uh, forward-thinking government as we all think when you're outside of America. And here I am, Malaysia, I mean, the United States turning into Bush, under Bush's administration, we pretty much turned into like another Malaysia. It's like, what the hell do I even want to be an American citizen anymore? And another thing is I could actually go and apply for a British citizenship because of I was you know the fact that my my dad was uh, born in Penang and I was born in Penang who which was a British colony and I could actually apply for uh, citizenship in in the UK. I thought oh my gosh maybe if I if I lose if I become an American then I'll lose the the ability of becoming a UK citizen. If American turns out, then becoming, you know, crazy, um, like uh, under Bruce Bush's administration. So it was getting. You do know how how dark those days were. Oh gosh, and so because because of that, he he's never Bruce never really pushed me. But oh my gosh, I went long this time, forty minutes I was. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up soon. And so I, I 
feel like I'm doing this not only for myself, mo- mostly for myself, because I've always wanted to be now an American, and I just haven't expressed it as much as I have because I kind of have been keeping it quiet because I wasn't sure. What the process is, and what if I fail the test? I am not going to fail the test. I'm quite confident. Um, I'll t- maybe I'll tell you about the process further, like da- in a, down the road in the future. I'll tell you a little bit more about the process of how it works. Uh, once I get the application going, get to talk to my attorney. I'll probably talk to you more about that when that time comes. So, but it, it, this is how I got to today. Where I wanted to become an American citizen now, you know, and and I can, I can really through these years of staying here, like I said, I've been really living my life as an American mostly, except for the voting right, and I really want to make that process complete, and through and through, becoming an American, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm very excited about it. I have called my attorney. And found out about the fee, right? And then immediately, a few minutes later, I th- went through the website and found a few things. And then I thought, you know what? I'm gonna do it. I will call and schedule an appointment. So the next available available appointment with my attorney is February, uh, the beginning of February. So I will update you then and uh, see how things are going. So I will see the attorney once the my nose stopped up now. Uh, I will see my attorney. And then I will, uh, let's see, I will find out exactly how how long the process is going to take. It seems like about six months is what I've been told, and I want to get this process going as quickly as possible because I'm hoping, I'm still hopeful. If I get my citizenship, I'm still hopeful and wanting to get my um, uh. What get registered for voting, two thousand twelve. Hello. So, that's my goal, and you know, practicing my right of rehearsing to becoming an American, which I think I kind of have been already for the last so many years. And so, um, so that's that's my story. That's my story of why and how I why I wanted to be an American. Um. It is very important for me, and there's also an extra bonus too. You know, if I am an American, if in case whatever things changes, even though there's no immediate plan for my parents to come to America to stay here because you know they are quite happy there in Malaysia, but they are getting older. My dad is going to be seventy three. My dad's, my mom's going to be seventy two. It is going to be probably nice if I, there is a chance if they want to come live with us. Here in America, there is a possibility that that we can make that happen. If I I have if I am a permanent resident, I can't do that. If I'm a if I'm a, a citizen, I can apply for their permanent residency status and have them come over here and stay with us. So that's an, an extra bonus too. So, um, so that's why I want to be an American. So I hopefully hopefully I I don't think I've ever really. Elaborate and go into that much detail about my wanting to be an American until I have made it quite official. I'll be seeing my attorney and to talk about the process in February, and I think that it's time for me to share with you. So that's that, and I really thank you for um, uh, listening to the show because 
because I know that uh, you, you care for me. Those those of you who've been listening to this show a lot, and uh, if you want to. Talk to me, whatever. Send a message to me. You can do so. Go to onlinepodcast.com. A lot of the information will be there. You can call me uh, 920-iPhone1 uh, online at gmail.com. Send me an email or tweet me at John Ong. And until next time, hopefully next week, don't forget to smile, ladies. Bye. Oh, no. Sorry, I played the wrong song. So I'll try to do it again. <laughs> I played the... Um, that's why I was like... Doesn't sound like an ending, so I have to do this again. Anyway, you know all the information that you have to go to to get to me. Go to onlinepodcast.com. Blah blah blah. You already heard enough of those. But tweet me. I like you. I like it when you tweet me at John Ong. Okay. And until next time, hopefully I get to see you next time again. I try to do this more regularly, especially now that I have things to report to you about my citizenship application. Don't forget to smile, ladies. Bye.